Hello, and welcome to the Bride Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Esty Gordon-Levin, and I'm here to tend to the brides like I tend to the bar. So mix yourself a cocktail, and let's get ready to discuss all things weddings. Today, I want to kind of trace back really to the importance of where to start in the planning. Um, As a lot of you guys know, I work on the catering end of the business, which really is all soup to nuts, um, from tents to tables and chairs and linen, to the food on the table, to the event timeline, everything in between. But I also really do consult and I help people plan their day, um, kind of giving them the ropes of where to start in the planning process. And I think what becomes overwhelming and why a lot of people get stressed is they have no idea where to begin. They're not exactly sure what theme or vibe they're trying to go for. And I think a lot of that gets kind of worked out when you have some sort of consulting call, whether it's with a planner, whether it's with a caterer, whether it's with a venue, you know, you kind of get a feel for what it is that you want. Do you want more of a rustic theme? Do you want more of a catering venue that's like all encompassed from the venue? Um, Do you want destination? Do you want it to be a small group? Do you want it to be a large, you know, gala type of affair? You know, everybody's why and everybody's, you know, reasoning is different. So I want to kind of touch on the basics that you should think about when you get engaged. So instead of going like head on into every single direction, you really have a plan of action on where to start to ease any stress that could come up. So the first thing that you have to kind of develop, I know a lot of people will say is the budget. But the truth is, I don't think people know their budget right away that they want to spend. I think it's hard to kind of conceptualize that when you're not sure ideally how many people you want to have or what what venues you should be looking at. So the first step that I, you know, think that people should take is putting together Uh, your roundabout guest list, you know, so that's going to tell you, is it a micro wedding? Are you having 50 people? Is it a hundred people or less? Um, Are you going to be somewhere between that 150 to 200 range? Is it 200 plus, but you know that some of those people won't come, you know, they, they do say there's a 20% rule. You invite, you know, 200 people, 20% won't show up, give or take. But I think that figuring out a roundabout of the guest list is the first step that you have to take before you figure out anything else. Because the next thing that's going to come is searching out venues that can accommodate your group. So if you are having somewhere between, and I'm just giving this number, 
you know, it could be any number, but let's say you're going to have 175 people. You want a venue, ideally, that can fit around 200 guests comfortably. You know, you want to give yourself a little wiggle room in case you want some space in between the tables. If you want more dance floor space, if you have a big band, you want to give yourself a little bit more comfort than just, you know, fitting in the maximum that they can fit. So you're going to then do your research and reach out to venues and figure out, you know, their pricing, their maximum capacities. And what I always tell, and I say this to every bride and groom that I meet, every single one, there is no need to go more than five venues. You've seen the photos online, you've seen the videos on YouTube, on Vimeo, on Instagram, on TikTok, like you've seen the space. So you should only be going to see at max five venues. You're gonna pick your top five that you wanna see and go check them out. Then from there, you'll really kind of get a sense of what you like and what you don't like, what, what price point works best for you and really figuring out how, like, figuring out the vibe that you're going for while also figuring out the budget that works with you as well as date availability. You know, some people want a longer engagement. They want to be somewhere in that two-year mark out so that they have time. They have time to pay things off. They don't want to worry about it right away. Some people are like, you know what? I'd rather do it in a year or less and see what kind of, you know, deals I can get to do that. So there's no like rhyme or reason to what is the right way. It's truly whatever works for you. So keep that in mind. So first step, developing your guest list, an ideal guest list of what's going to work for you. Second, researching venues and picking and after doing, you know, the the research, how many guests the venue can accommodate, the price point per person. You pick the top 5 that work for your budget and for, you know, the vibe you're looking for and you go visit those venues. Then from there, you're going to really see what you like and what you don't like. If it's an up-in-the-air answer and you're like, well, it was okay, but I don't know, it didn't thrill me, that's not the venue. That's not the one. So you can totally, you know, like, put that off to the side. You'll know when you find one that, like, really matches what you're looking for, matches the price point. And then from there, you can, once you book your venue... Booking your venue is half the battle, but it is also the first step. It's the first part in your wedding planning process. It's the first thing that you will book because from there, you're going to have the date, the time, the location. 
And now you can move forward with booking your vendors. Now here's the thing. If you are not doing ceremony on site at the venue and you are doing church, you are going to try to solidify the date of the venue with the date of the church. So I would book the venue first and then reach out to a few different churches to see what they have available for you. If there's a specific church in mind that you want to use, then I would say work the venue around what the church has open. So just a little flip-flop over there. Of course, if you are doing your ceremony on site, this conversation doesn't apply to you, but you know, um, there's a 50-50 in this. So I would, you know, we, we want to touch on it for everybody. Now, next, now that you have the venue date, the timing, the location, you can now get started with picking out your vendors. Now, if you're working with a planner, they're always going to have, you know, people who they recommend. Um, but I also recommend seeing who the venue um, suggests. Because if the venue has certain people that work there regularly, then, you know, it kind of, you could, you might be able to get a deal with working with them. You might be able to, um, you know, see a lot of work that they've done at those venues to get some ideas and some inspiration. So I would reach out, you know, you want to get a few different quotes to see what works best for you, but also to see different levels of work and service. So a lot of venues, a lot of planners, they'll have preferred vendor lists that have multiple, multiple choices on there for florists, for band or DJ, for photography and videography. Um, and then really be able to kind of see a few different things. I'm a big believer, especially with like a florist, things that are decor, going and having a sample done and like going to to the florist, not doing everything virtually. I know we were, we're, we were kind of living in a time where a lot of things were virtual. You know, um, things have gone back to some sort of normalcy in a way. And I think it's important to meet with your vendors in person and see, you know, you know, what they can put together for you, what packages they can put together, what's offered, you know, what designs, everything. So now that the venue is booked, you know, at this point we have a roundabout of a budget that we might want to work with. And now we go on to the florist, the photographer, the videographer, um, the band or DJ. And with the power of social media, which is ever so present in all of our lives, you're able to see a lot of these, these vendors work, you know, um, 
you can go on and like see videos of the bands playing. You can go on, you know, Instagram or, or just even on Google and see photos from recent weddings that were at your venue of choice and how it was like laid out, what the floor plan looked like, what the linens looked like, what the flowers looked like, who did the flowers. You know, there's, there's so much that you can see before even going and reaching out to anyone. I mean, that's like the power of it being 2022 and getting, you know, an inside look <laughs> beforehand. Um, and then what's also important to know is that hair and makeup, you know, it does bulk up pretty quickly. And I would say if you have somebody in mind for your day, I would pick like your top three um, hairstylist, top three makeup artists that you really, really want to work with for your wedding day. I'm sure, you know, in the era that we live in, um, that there are people that you have like admired their work or maybe you were in a different wedding and they did your look for that wedding. So you probably know some people who you might want to work with for that day. And I would reach out to them. And once you kind of know your bridal party too, you know, see, see, you know, if they're available that day, they're probably going to have assistant stylists with them, price point, and get an idea. And then they're going to let you know, and this is a very, very, very important, your hair and makeup team work around, you know, your day, and they know the timing that hair and makeup should be starting at. So if they give you an early time, I would not, um, I really wouldn't test their knowledge on it because they know how long it takes them to do you as well as your full bridal party, any moms, you know, any sisters, anything that any, anybody who might be getting glammed on, they will let you know how early they have to be there. So please keep that in mind um, that once you book hair and makeup, they really do give you an idea. And as you get closer to the date, you know, if anybody gets added on, things like that into the group getting any glam done, they might have to adjust their schedule a little bit and let you know what works best to have you guys all ready before photography comes. Now, on to photography, something very important, and it's something that I really stress to my clients. When I'm putting together a timeline, I want to know how long you have your photography until. I see a lot of couples, and I haven't seen this in a while because I'm very on top of this myself, but in the past, I've seen a lot of couples who only have their photographer through a certain amount of the evening. My feeling is if there are a lot of shots that you want and certain things done, 
I would put, I would allocate some money in the budget to have your photographer there through the entirety of the evening. So that means if your reception ends at 12, you have them until 12. And they're there to capture all of the things that you want. Um, if you only have your photographer, let's say until 11 o'clock, then I would want to work in, in your timeline, making sure that you have photos like cake cutting and parent dances and all of that done before that photographer leaves. Because once they leave, you know, you can't get that moment back. And I'm going to be honest with you, the photos and videos that are sent from your friends, they're great to look at, but they're not the ones that you want to print out and put on your wall. It's the photographer's photos that you want that with. So please keep that in mind that your photographer, you really do want them to capture the moments that are important. And in my professional opinion, it's important to allocate a few bucks to have them to stay opposed to having them leave too early throughout the reception. And by doing a timeline, and photographers will do a timeline with you, hair and makeup will do a timeline with you, and if you have a planner, they will do a timeline with you, and if you have a venue manager, they will encompass the full timeline and um, work alongside a planner to make sure that all of those moments happen as well as happen around food service so that you don't have to stop the party in order for certain moments to happen. So that's just some things to note that and everybody, all of your vendors will be on the same same page with the timeline. Now, the reason that, you know, I wanted to get on today and have this like, you know, we're engaged, now what conversation is because I, I feel like a lot of people, they're getting engaged and they're taking some time before they plan anything because they're feeling so overwhelmed and don't even know where to start. And I think it is like, it's, it's a fun thing to be a bride or to be a groom. It's fun. You know, it's that once in a lifetime feeling. Um, I think that there should be enjoyment in it. And I think that there's a lot of like stress that people are feeling. Um, I think, you know, knock on wood and, and hope and pray like, we're out of this pandemic era for the most part, you know, where things are feeling more normalized and getting back to some sort of normalcy. So I wanted to come on to kind of give everybody like this little like boost of where to start because to be honest, like it shouldn't be like so stressful. It should be fun. And the way that it can be fun is by having like a plan in place. And by like just having steps to take in regards to planning, um, I think having those steps makes um, makes it all feel less stressful and being able to enjoy the process. And once you get things booked, you know, you can check it off off of your plate and and just enjoy 
some time being engaged and then you plan the honeymoon and listen planning the honeymoon should definitely not be stressful because that is a vacation honey that is a vacation you know enjoy every aspect but I think once you when you do things kind of in in order of of how it can work like you can't really book your hair and makeup when you don't have a venue right because you don't know what date you're getting married so you can't book certain things without other things being in place so keep all this in mind don't let anything stress you out start with the basics start by you and your fiance sitting down really putting together a list of how many people you're going to have, um, how many people you're going to invite and, and then start researching into venues that can fit that group of people, see what the pricing is, and then narrow it down to your top five venues that are within the price point that you want to be in that can also meet the requirement of how many guests you're having. That's where I want you all to start. And then after that, once the venue is booked, then you can move on to your vendors, your vendor selection, you know, pricing out a few different things, you know, even as somebody in the industry, and hopefully this makes you feel better, you know, I price out a couple different bands before I, you know, made my selection. Um, I wanted to make sure that it's something that, you know, I could afford, that it was a, a good band. I went to see that band. I researched into a bunch of bands. I talked to a lot of people. You know, for me, the music was very important and I wanted to make sure that I had entertainment that was gonna be able to keep people on the dance floor. And also, you know, um, just, just be, you know, easy to work with throughout the process. And, you know, that, um, had a good, a good deck of music that they could play that I would be looking for. So, you know, keep that, keep all that in mind that like, there's certain things you don't have to make every decision right away. And I definitely think it's good to have options and to open yourself up to, you know, seeing different vendors, seeing their, their prices, um, seeing their work, you know, sometimes, and, and I always say this, like cheap is not better. Um, we all want to be as cost effective as we can, but also you want to pick the vendor that's going to do the best work for what you're looking for. But for all you new brides to be out there, new grooms to be, um, the first, the first step in everything, settling that guest list together and then doing your vendor, your venue research, your venue research and, um, and picking your top five and starting with that. Keep that in mind. That is the beginning. That is where you start everything else from there will fall into place. But that, that is where you start. Okay. So that is my wedding Wednesday for you. Um, we have some fun and exciting content coming up. I will be recording 
an upcoming episode with Jenna from Silent Capture and Mama Magic. We are recording um, later on this month, so you will see a new video coming to you soon. Um, if there's anybody that you think would be a good fit to come on the podcast, please feel free to DM me, email me at info at thebridetender.com. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know your thoughts on how you're doing during wedding planning. If you need any kind of consulting, kind of figuring out where you should begin, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to help you any way that I can. Um, until next week, mix yourself a cocktail, slide into my DMs with questions you want answered on all things weddings. Go follow me on Instagram at the bridetender for all fun facts on the wedding industry, ways to save money on your special day. And of course, hiring the best in the biz for your wedding. We'll catch you next week. Bye.